0: the great Australian sprinter, a Natures Dive, and james madonna on Look how far they've won by! Can he do it, chautauqua He's flying! The autumn sun, boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. Atorious
1: pounces, bombs them, and wins. Spring racing is back, everybody! First Group One of the Spring Carnival of the 2023 season is here. 2023 2024 season and Jesus, it is a good start to the season. The Group One Memsie Stakes takes centre stage this weekend at Caulfield, and by Jesus, it's a good field. Have you had Have you had a minute to look at the field at all? I haven't looked yet, mate. It is one of the best Memsie fields I've seen in a while. Both cards, Sydney and Melbourne, are very competitive, so it's going to take a fair bit to dissect it. So we're going to have a plenty of fun getting through that. Uh, I'm joined by Jack once again this week. Jack, how how are you, mate? Fantastic, mate. How are you traveling? I'm, I'm traveling pretty good. So, fill the listeners in. I think last weekend you did a bit of commentating once again, was it? And yes. Then, and then let us know how you went on the punt as
0: well. By the way, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, so the punt, uh, I didn't. I put a couple of quaddies on uh, because I was commentating throughout the race uh, day, and at Mooney Valley, I did not get one horse in the quaddie. So that's pretty much how my Saturday went. Yikes! Um, it was a bit. I think I had three winners for the day, yeah. up, which was about it. What about yourself? How did you go? Let's dissect into it. Yeah,
1: hey, we didn't have too bad of a day. We had a couple we had a lot of scratchings from our uh top selections, but we still we still got left with a couple and there's still pretty good wins in there. Uh we'll go over them eventually, but I'm just gonna have a quick go through of the feature races this weekend. Uh the first the f- the first main race of this weekend is the group one Menzies, like I've said and it's got a pretty good honor roll. The last five winners of that race are Snap Dancer. Behemoth went back-to-back, back, Scales of Justice and Humidor. And when I seen Scales of Justice names, I just had nightmare flashbacks about this horse. I remember the day I won, I was there at the race. It was me, me, Doc, and I think it was Armaday, to be honest. It was three Neds trying to have a punt. And I reckon that was second last leg of the quaddie. And we'd, we we'd got up right the first two legs. We got to this race and... I reckon there would have only been about 12, 12, 13 horses in the race, and we took nine horses in it. And the Scales Adjustment was like second favorite. I was like, this horse cannot win. I was like, nah, leave it out of the quaddy and they, they won.
0: <laughs> yeah, the rest and is we history.
1: Yeah, the rest is history, and we lost a pretty juicy quarter that day, and I've never forgiven myself ever since that. Uh, some other feature <laughs> races for the weekend is the Group 2 Furious Stakes at Randwick, and some previous winners of that a North Star Lass, Jamea, Dame Giselle, Libertini, and Purilation. The group two, Chelmsford in Randwick of Well. Uh, Knight's Order took it out last year. Think it over. And Mr. C Wolf it out and unforgotten. The group two, Tramway. Zaki's actually going for a three-peat in this. I didn't even realise until I was just looking through the uh, previous winners. So Zaki's won it the last two years and he's not actually in it this year. So that, that title remains up for grabs. Uh, Dreamforce won it the year before, and then Dreamforce, oh, actually, yeah, Dreamforce went back-to-back as well, the two years before Zaki, so they've had two two, conse- 2 consecutive back-to-back winners in that race, and the last one I had down there was Coming Through, and then in the Group 3, Concorde. This is just Everest written all over it. The last couple of winners are Eduardo, Nature Strip, Gichar, and then Red won it three times in a row. like, And Red Zell was obviously the first horse ever to win the uh, Everest and oh, first horse, first horse ever, so winner twice in a row. So that's got pretty full form. Nation strips a previous winner in it. G-Char and, and Eduardo have both both been in the race, so it's stacked full of talent. And there's a lot of horses this year going around who will be trying to get their Everest slot as well. The Group Three McNeil Stakes last couple of winners have been Jackano, Bruckner, Immortal Love, Super Seth, the Caulfield Guineas winner of the ages. That was geez, that was a good Corfield uh, Caulfield Guineas win. And Native Soldier, the Group Three Heath. Heath eleven hundred stakes has been taken out by Shooting for Gold, Mask Crusader, and one of the best wins I've ever seen in my life. I remember we were talking about Mask Crusader in the group like a couple of months ago. And we were going through a favorite Windsor, and that was mine. Like he was sitting last with three hundred meters to go, and he just accelerated through the line, through the line perfectly. And he, I don't reckon he's won a race. <laughs> he's just he's falling like a bag of shit at the moment. So he's on the way up. Crystal Dreamer and Ball of Muscle, and the Group Three Cockrum. Stakes have been taken out by Chain of Lightning, Proper Perfect Jewel, Pippi, and Alakazoom. So that's a bit of a recap of the feature races this weekend. Uh there's two little things I want to touch on real quick. Uh the GOAT has officially announced his retirement today, Damian Oliver. Oh, sad. 138 man. group, 128, 138 group ones, tied the most group ones in Australian racing history. He's going to ride throughout this the, the spring carnival and then he'll be uh, and then he's going to finish up at the Ascot. He, he's obviously, I didn't even really know until like a year ago. He's actually born and raised in Perth. Do you, you know he's a Perth boy? No. Yeah, no, neither did I. I honestly had no idea. So, yeah, he's going to finish off at the Ascot Carnival after this spring carnival. So, going out in his hometown. And then the other thing I want to touch on, i did not it didn't actually make it the air because the audio was a bit stuffed up last week. But I was pretty keen on a horse over in Europe last week. Uh, Paddington and it was a nearly a second favourite for the Cox plate or something. And it was going around a dollar fifty in a four horse race to come third. Far. Yeah, out. and I had a fair <laughs> a fair stab at it too and that hurt my bank account. But yeah, it's since that race it's six dollars out to nine dollars in the Cox plate market. Uh I think they're still gonna drive, I think they're still gonna try to run it over in Europe a couple more starts before they send it over here for the Cox plate. But if they even do accept for the Cox plate, uh, I'm not too sure. But yeah, he's definitely uh drifted in the market. Uh, That's about it for our little recap of uh, the week that has been. We'll go to a quick break now and then we'll come back with our recaps of Rose Hill and the Valley. All right. We'll have a quick look back over the week that was and we'll have a start with Rose Hill. And if if you had a bet in race one and you're on Take the Kitty, you know what it's like to be heartbroken. That was the biggest moral beating I've ever seen in my life. I wasn't really too sure who to back in the race and it was a favorite at the time. A couple of people on Sky tipped us like, oh yeah, I'll just put I put ten bucks on it and the thing the one melody again, I believe, like it just had the perfect trailer in the outside and had the clear run. But if you if you watch Take the Kitty's run last on the corner, had to cut into the rail, then got held up, then moved back out and then got cut out again, then moved back to the rail. And still so with like 100 meters to go, he was charged to the line. I was like, oh, no, he won't get there. And then, like, 50 meters to go, he made up another length. I was like, oh, shit, he actually might get there. And then he got to the line. He would have only gone down by like a nose on the line. But, like, if he had full momentum, like Melody again did, that race was over. It was, oh, it was, it was the sickest beat I've seen in a long time. one uh, glass in race two, one glass bay broke through finally after a couple of seconds. Took the whole straight to get there. But yeah, J Mark, that extra 200 meters definitely helped. And a fair bit of encouragement from J Mac got him over the line. It drifted to like 290 or something uh by the jump, I believe. But yeah, all us finally broke through and was a good win. Uh I wasn't too keen to back on it. I I think I think I even tipped it. I mentioned it, but I was like, nah, it's just I wasn't too sure if I could bet on it. So I left that one alone. Uh race three, we tipped. we did tip Mark West and that was a pretty good win. Uh it was it was really strong late. Like if, when it came around the corner, it it, it 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 seemed to be set up in a good position, but like Everything else around it kind of chose up to it as well. I was like, oh, here we go. Like this is going to run by, but it kind of went to seen the horses just had a bit of fight back, and it just kind of kept going and
0: it held strong.
1: Yeah, it did. It was it was was really strong late. So definitely a good one to follow. Mark West. Uh, Race four was the midway, and Electrica finally broke through again. I've been running in midways the last couple of starts, but just always been coming second and been getting bad runs and never really got a fair crack at them. But yeah, she got a fair crack at them uh, last weekend, and she got yeah finally got that deserved win. Race five. Uh, Smashing Eagle, who I did tip, and I was besides my uh, best bet of the day in uh, Mooney Valley, Saint Lawrence. This was definitely my next best bet of the day, and if Take the Kitty wasn't model beaten, Smashing Eagle was just as stiff. He had nowhere to go. Literally the same thing as Take the Kitty. Just had to weave through all this traffic, couldn't get there in time. But his sectionals for that, like the reason I followed him, because the start before this, he had the best last six hundred meter. Last six hundred meter splits of that entire meeting, I was like, yep, I'm going to follow it." I'll have back in sectionals. In this race, he had the fastest last six hundred uh, again in thirty two twenty eight, and I think last time he was like thirty. I think it was thirty two as well, or just uh, just above thirty three. So he's dropped nearly like 0.8 of a second. That's like for, for horses that like that's just off one run's improvement. And his last two hundred was ten fifty seven. And that was over. I think it was over fourteen hundred meters. Uh, and I wish I win first up. Like, I, I just I use this as my baseline for good times. I wish I wins final two hundred meters was ten eighty six, and this horse Smashing Eagle has run ten fifty seven over fourteen hundred meters. It was my
0: favorite for the day, mate. So yeah. I'm, I'm bleeding with you. I can't but like it's it's like even like so.
1: If it goes again, I think it is actually it actually might be running again this week, and I can't really remember off the top of my head. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely you, you have to keep following and smashing there. Those sectionals are just – they're, they're literally group one sectionals, but he's got to work his way up. He's got to get a win. But if he gets a clear run, he definitely should be winning plenty of races. Uh, race space six was taken out by How Good Are You, and How Good Are You is that good. Rode the speed, controlled it. Like its last couple of runs, it's, fir- it's come first, it's come second, and it's had two wins in a row. And the form around him stacked up pretty well. But yeah, he just rode the speed and gave nothing else a chance, really. And that's what you can really ask for on a racehorse.
0: Yeah, I was on, I was on Nash. Um, I thought he went okay. Obviously, it was a favorite going in, but in the end, yeah, I he think good who, who,
1: who was Nash there. on? In the he he was on Call D.
0: Cold Eye, yeah. So, yeah, the, yeah.
1: That's who I was on as well. I had a look between the two of them, and I seen Nash, and a lot of people the week before were really happy with Cold Eye's run. I was like, ah, oh, Nash dissed with, it got back in the frame. I was like, yeah, all right, I'm happy with that. But yeah, like that just goes to show how good how good OU really is because it was a really good win. Uh, didn't really give anything else a chance. In race seven, Tom Kitten won first up, and that group that group form has been coming through those Sydney races. And geez, that's a really good horse. I remember listening to uh, James Cummings on the radio a couple of months ago and he was talking about like all these spring horses and they're like, the radio presenter was like asking him, yeah, like you've got your, like since Animo's gone, like you've got your, you've got your In Secrets, you've got all your Bavis and you've got all these other good horses coming through, like which one's the one that's going to shine out, which one's going to stand out, who's going to be your next Animo? And he was like, yeah, yeah, i got like like In Secrets, obviously a really good feeling, follow her. But he said, don't, like, like be so much gets talked about him seeker, but he goes, Tom Kitten's an unforget- like an unforgotten horse in some ways. He just gets overshadowed by these other horses of have got and he's come up in one first up. I think it paid like eleven two, bucks. Yeah, eleven bucks or something like that. And I did have it in the quarter, luckily. Kept me going anyway. But yeah, it was a pretty good win. I think the favorite in it like uh I think I tipped the favorite in the race. Um can't remember off the top of my head who it was. Um but yeah, I was pretty keen on that. It was J Mac and Cabalus. That was that's who it was.
0: It was correct,
1: $3.50. Yep, so I was pretty keen on that. Uh, but yeah, I did think com- Tom Kitten, since, since that interview, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely putting Tom Kitten in there. And he didn't let me down. So that was a good start to the quaddie. And then in race eight, uh, Libertad is now undefeated. Well, he's still undefeated, to be honest. He was two from two last prep. He's now, he's since three from three. It was a pretty good win. I wasn't really that overly keen on him, but I just like, I like those undefeated horses. You don't really know where their ceiling is yet. You don't know where, like, how good they are, how, how good they're going to be. And I chucked him in the quaddy. Uh, I reckon that was around 10, 11 bucks as well, nine yeah. bucks.
0: Yeah, it was 13. Uh, it went out to 13.
1: Yeah, shit. There you go. Yeah. So. Um,
0: I had Kandinsky yeah, abstract, abstract yeah. with J Mac on it. Obviously, I'm a big fan of J Mac coming second up off the stop, but just wasn't good enough.
1: Yeah. it was. It's actually a, it's a $3.5 million Colt, it's a half sister to Sunlight. Uh, I remember them like when it won its first up race, they're like, yep, this horse is going to be boom. And it did actually have, it had a, I think it had the, it, for that race, it had the fastest last 600 meter splits of that race and it was thirty two seventy three.
0: It's just too raw at the yeah. moment, I think.
1: Yeah, it's definitely got, it's still got heap, like it's, that was only its second career start. Like it's, and it's, it nearly had the best last 600 meter sectionals of the entire meeting and it had that second, like first up off of, Pretty long prep, and that's only the second race, so just black booked it. Yeah, speaking beautiful, good decision. And then the other one I wanted to have a go at in the race was Butch Cassidy, who in the last two hundred meter splits had a ten eighty three split. So any, anything below a second, anything below eleven seconds is ridiculous amount of speed. And Butch Cassidy did that. He didn't really get the best run either, and then it's kind of chopping and changing a bit. But yeah, that last two hundred meters to the eye, I didn't like. I didn't really pay too much attention. I was like, oh, he's making some ground and everything. But yeah, after. After the session was got released, and I checked in my scene, I was like, "Oh shit, that actually it was the, the clock actually backs it up." So, all credits to Butch Cassie. I can like that. That race would probably be a good form race coming up. Like nearly every one of that any, anything within the top four or five, and that anything from the top five in that race should be going on to bigger and better things this spring. Uh, race nine, finale I think this and race ten were just so weird races to me. I couldn't really put. I, I only took three. I took three and three in the quadi. Um, I did have Rinalli only because I was on it last start. Um, and it just didn't get a clear run. It still ran home well, but I was just like, oh, if it gets a clear run, it should be right. Uh and and it did, it just got to the front and just kept winning. Like it just kicked and didn't give anything else a chance. So you can't really complain with that. Paid. No way you were still on the coddy last leg. Yep.
0: Oh, all yeah. right. Yeah,
1: I know. This is what I was gonna say, this is yeah. I, I was so after Vernalli got up, I was like, oh shit, I'm alrighty. And then in the last leg I had Pioneer River, uh Top weight, who was Cuban Royale, and another one. It was like number three. Number Asteria. three. Stereo,
0: Nah. The... Astero was three.
1: Was it number four? I did Munitions.
0: Nah, it wasn't Munitions. I can't remember. I, I had three. Filling. Or... Diamond Dealer was the winner.
1: Yeah. I, did... <laughs> so I, I only had two or three in the race, and I was like, I didn't even like, Diamond Dealer wasn't even, it was like third or fourth favorite at the time, and I was like, the, the the money had come for Jay mac and Pioneer River, so I was like, oh, I, w- I was only going to take a one x. I just didn't know what else to take. And I was like, oh, I'll try to get better percentage. But I took Cuban Boy, Cuban Royale as well, and that was at like twenty or something, twenty or something dollars. And it, it did have good stats, but yeah, it's that horse is really like a big enigma. It Either turns up or it just stays in the barriers, pretty much. It's got no chance. Uh, and yeah, by the time I got to the third race, I was like, oh shit, I better check these approximates and if. Cuban Royale would have won. I would have, been, I would have been walking out with a pretty fat stack and I was pretty keen on that. I, I did have a fair go at um, Cuban Royale anyway. I was like, I think this is it. Like I'm going to – this like this is when this Enigma horse is going to show up and I did – I put a single bet on it as well and I think it might have come second last <laughs> to be honest. But, yeah, I definitely didn't – I got knocked out of the quarter there. Uh, but, yeah, it was looking really good until then. So, but yeah, for the that race, it was actually a pretty good day. Races, some good winners and definitely some good horses to follow out of it. And then down to the Mooney Valley again, and the leader biases. When the rails it was rail out four, and I think for the day there was only two horses that weren't the leader at the two hundred that ended up winning, and one of them was in the first race, Centrefire. These are only like three year old horses, and like the way he won, he just come from. It was one of his only race first up last prep, and then been spelled for a while, and then came first up into this race. And I was like, is it like sixteen bucks or something like that? I was like, didn't even entertain it. Uh, I was more keen on a Mer. Had like, I was undefeated at the Valley, undefeated at the track and distance. I was like, I'm like, if if anything, I was going to have a bet on those race. It's definitely a Mer. You have to get a Valley horse to win at the Valley, pretty much. Um, and yeah, like just when they come around the corner, a Mer looked pretty good, and then Centerfire was just kind of in behind it and never really got out. until like a Mer kind of gave it its run. A Mer kind of pushed out, and that gave Centerfire the run. And geez, like I was like, I wasn't too sure if back markers were going to go we're going to go all right for the day and after centerfire went straight by him i was like oh sweet like back mask can make up today we're all good but then since then the only other horse to go buy a winner was inhibitions who we did tip as well um but that was only because like they were when they come around the corner they were still like neck and neck like i think oh they weren't neck and neck he might have had like half a length on him or so so he wasn't too far back but like it, it, nearly every other winner for the day was just out the front and just nothing else could make up for it. Uh, so that was the case for race two, Malawak. Uh, just, I don't it by four or five lengths. This horse it was a really good. Win. It got back to it, it was a favorite and it got back to in even more. But like before the race, people really had a fair decent goal with it, and it did. It just kicked to the front and nothing else got anywhere near it. So all credits to the winner. Uh, race three. I was pretty. I was umming and ahhing about Robert Rick. I didn't. I was said if anything, if any horse was going to win, it was probably going to be that. But I wasn't too sure about it around the valley. Um, and yeah, that's exactly what happened. I think the pa- the pattern of the day definitely helped. It-, it-, it was eyeballing the leader when they came around the court and they were just ding dong on the whole way up the straight. And I was like, oh, I yeah, actually might get there in the end. Um, but yeah, the winner, Ambassadorial, paid like 20, bu- <laughs> 20 bucks or something like that. So I just put that down to the track for the day. Um, Robrick, like, for to be able to get that run that he did and stay that and stay as long as he did for that kind of track bias, like, he- he's definitely still one to follow. So no. Um, he wouldn't have lost any of myers with that run. Uh, and then in race four, we did tip Hennessy Lad. That was one of our other good winners for the day. and It was a good yep. ride. Um, Luke Nolan just got him in the pocket. And as soon as he came around the corner, he just eased his way out, didn't barge too hard. And then the horses didn't clear air. Like well, once he was out in clear at the race, was over. He just, nothing else was going to make ground. But there, one, there was one horse that made ground. And it's the horse that comes second, Legend of Dubai. And put that in your black book as well. I think Mark Zara might have ridden it. I can't remember who the who the jockey was. But for the pattern of the day, Legend of Dubai is one of the only horses that made up the amount of grand that he did. And if you're getting horses that are running good against the track pattern for the day and nearly knocking off winners, you definitely need to follow that next start. So whoever's listening out there, race four, Legend of Dubai, chuck that in your blackboard as well. And race five was Duke of Hastings, and I, did, I honestly didn't have a bet in this race. I was just like, I had no idea what to do in this race. I think I've backed Duke of Hastings a couple of times too, and then I, I don't think I even watched the race. I think I was playing the pokies at the at, at the time, and then I come back around and seen a one. I was like, fuck! And I was like, if I should have just like if I would have seen the horse was there, i would have been like, oh, yeah, I'll just put ten. I would, I just put ten bucks on it just because I know the horse, and I didn't. I'm missing in a one paying like 17, 18 bucks or something like that. So egg on my face there. Race six inhibitions, who I just mentioned before, that's just proves how good that Sydney form is. Like he was third in that race behind Town and then Town Mina went around in the Silver Shadow Stakes behind Autumn Ballet, and uh Estrella and stuff and didn't even, wasn't really that competitive in the race i think it was only about midfield don't know what exactly finished but inhibitions was in behind that and just comes down here from that race and just brains us like that the sydney form is so much better than our victorian form at the moment so whenever those sydney raiders come down you definitely have to be wary of them and you definitely got to have a bet on them race seven was another weird race i'd i i was not too keen on to Braden star even the start like. Like when we were talking about it last week, and just I, I just don't think the valley suits him. He's, he's not a valley horse, he's a Flemington. I, I don't even know about Caulfield, I think he's definitely more of a Flemington horse. Like, I don't know if he's won a Caulfield, but he definitely just looks like he needs a lot of room to get going. He's, he's not a he's definitely not a valley horse, he can't sustain speed around a corner that well. Uh, the, the winner of future history, like it's like I I don't know why I was so sure, but like it won, so I guess they had something right, but it. Its last start had been beaten by Thorin, who hadn't won in like a thousand days or something like that. And I wasn't really too sure about the form. I was like, oh, you got that form. But like Braden Starr's been running in Sydney, been running in Melbourne, been winning races. And what like, I just didn't understand that market at all. And I was pretty keen to have a bet on young Verder, but he was scratched uh, like the next day or something. So he never went around. Um, we did get the winner though in the quaddies. So we were, we were on to that next race. And then Acromanchula was in the race before. It might have been. I don't think it was the, it was the race before which uh, Sweet Ride and OmniMan were also in. And of those three in the race, I thought Acromanchula was the least one that was going to win. I was really, yeah, yep. I was really keen on OmniMan again. I was like, yeah, perfect. Like he's going to just win this. But Acromanchula just turned up on the day. I couldn't believe it. I had it in the corner just because, like, I, I thought the race before was definitely going to be. A good form for that race, so I put them all in there. But I didn't have a bet on it at all, besides the Quadi. Like, yeah, just like I said before, of those horses who win that race, that was the least one that I thought was going to win it.
0: Omni Man comes six out of seven horses. Yeah,
1: there you go. So that just goes to show. Like he did have a good prep, and it might just be coming to the end of his prep. So I'm not really too sure about that. Uh, and then in race nine, his best bet of the day, Saint Lawrence, it was probably his worst run of the date. I just the one time I make it my best bet, it gets it just never like it looked. It didn't look like it was traveling too bad, but just like when they at like the 400, 400-meter mark when they started putting pressure on the race and everyone started going, he just started going backwards. Like he just had nothing. And the first two runs, this prep had been good. Like he looked like he could ride that. Like he, I thought the value would suit him perfect. I thought he would have much in the tank. And just when they asked him, he just had nothing. So Yeah, that, disappointing. That yeah. was the most
0: disappointing of the day for me.
1: Yeah, that was my uh flop of the day. We got that one right. Uh, and then, in race ten, Najim Sahail got another good win. Uh, I didn't bet. I think I didn't. I think I had that in the quaddy but I got knocked out when Bennett, when um, Saint Lawrence lost anyway. But yeah, Najim Sahail was a good thousand meter horse, and it, it, the, the track pattern definitely helped because he's a get to the front run and just proved too hard to catch down, and that's exactly what happened. Rover Spear kicked around the corner and gave nothing else a chance, and the thing they come in behind are like Gringotts or something. I'd, I'd seen on like Thursday or the Friday that someone had like. Twenty five thousand dollars on that horse.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know. So I was like, "Oh shit!" All right. So like, when the race come around, I was like, "Oh," and they'd it had been getting back to fair bit. So I'd, I had a bet on Gringotts, but I was also on Red Hot Nick as well. well I thought the Valley would like he's well, he's pretty good stats over the Valley too. But I just don't know about I don't know where he was in his prep. I can't really remember right now. But I had to go at both of them, and neither of them saluted. But yeah, all credits with the James It was a good win uh, with a front running ride. So I think that's about it for our. Recaps of last week, uh, yeah, last weekend. So we'll go to a quick break now and then we'll come back with my new segment and then we'll come back and, and after that we'll go through our tips this week for our Ramwick and Corfield tips. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time for our new segment of the podcast where we are naming this in honor of the CEO, Jack himself. And if you're familiar with a, a letter ride or a bank builder or anything like that, that sort of strategy, this is Jack's Beanstalk. I like it. Straight away. You come up with it just then, so I'll give you credit for that. Uh, so I'm gonna start off right now. I've put $50 in a betting account. Uh, and every week I'm gonna see how I'm gonna see how well how big I can grow this bank. I've put $50 in there. Uh, we're gonna start off this weekend at Caulfield. So each week, I'm not I'm not picking a specific track or anything, I'm just picking a horse or any bet within horse racing that is just like an absolute certainty. It, it can be a seven, It can be $2.20. It doesn't matter, but it just has to win. And every week, I'm going to just put the entire bank on it. So we'll start at 50 bucks and see what at the end of this, at the end of a spring carnival, what we can get this bet, what we can get this bank account to. So for this week's opening bet, I have got $50 the place on race seven, number seven, Benedetta. So I'm just showing Jack now as I'm putting the bet on. Yep, it. place and confirm. It is confirmed. Done. we're in. So that's for a $70 return. We'll all accounts next week. I'll probably be posting that everywhere for Governor's Fourth, which I probably will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but yeah, so hopefully at the end of this hopefully at the, at the end of this spring carnival um might be able to move out of home for once. I might be able to buy me misses a New ring, or I don't know, whatever she wants, but yeah, we'll figure
0: it out. <laughs> Someone actually might be happy with me once in my life. If yeah. this beanstalk grows, mate, <laughs> who knows? It
1: might take over the world.
0: Might be a couple of magic beans coming off it. Who knows? I like it. So we'll have a good we'll go through our tips now. We'll go have a quick look through. Um I'll go
1: I'll, I'll start at Ranwick as normal. The first race at Ranwick on Saturday is the midway handicap over fourteen hundred meters and it's a benchmark seventy two. Uh, it's the same with a lot of these bench, like these midways and highways, unless there's a really good horse and I don't really bet on it. And I think it's the same with the first. There's nothing really I'm interested in. Have you had a look?
0: Yeah, no, nothing
1: for me. I didn't really like anything. I say
0: that now and I'll be having a crack at the favorite.
1: Oh yeah. And then race two is the same. It's the highway class three over 1200 meters and pretty much the same thing. Just these races, they don't really interest, like they do interest me in a way, but like you've got it like. Yeah, that has to be a pretty good horse or a bit of a boom horse for me to have a go at. So I def- I've, said,
0: I've said this once and I'll say it again on this podcast. Uh, I hate to repeat myself. I just don't get around Randwick. I think it's I think it's the short really? turn. I think it's the short turn and the distance I'm in comparison de- I'm- to Rose Hill for the the track and the way that it works. I just don't like it. I'm I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I prefer ranwick than Rose Hill. Well, maybe that's where you pick more of them. I was gonna I'm say, sure.
1: actually, as so i am just starting to look through this thing again. There is a horse in this Hang that, is, on, here we go. Woo, that woo. is paying $67 a win and 15 a place. It is undefeated, this prep. It's number 11. I like big putts. I like it. $67 a win and $15 a place. You know what? I'm going to make that a tip. And I like it. I, I am a goal for myself, and that is, looks like a big omen bed. When I seen 67 Schmackers sitting there, I was like, "Ah, oh, okay, yeah, we'll have to have a go at That's that. Awesome. So We're going to shut that in last minute. Race two, number 11, I like big putts each way. Moving on to race three, which is the In Benchmark 78 over 1,100 metres. And the Enigma is back once again. And oh, I don't know if I want to make it a bet or not. Number four, Wayrider Boy. Oh, he's broke Show my... He's, he's the new Tom Melbourne. Oh, look at that form. He's just... He's a heartbreaker. But, like, it's kind of the same as last week.
0: He's finally drawn a barrier. He's got J-Mac on. Like, everything Rode seems to be... Waller's Wall a trainer. Yeah. They must see something in
1: it. I I... I, I and they've actually, but they just keep sticking with eleven eleven hundred. Like it's eleven hundred. Like I don't know. And then or you stretch
0: can, it out. You reckon?
1: Yeah. I, I, like he just seems to be running out of room. Like I think you've definitely got to do a bit. Like Chris Waller. Chris Waller. He obviously knows what he's doing. If they want to kick him at eleven hundred, they will. But number eleven down the bottom, Dancing Alone is a one point nine favorite. I think it's a one point five million dollar cult or a uh, is it a? Sorry, it's a mare. Um, yeah, it costs like one point five million, and it's undefeated at the moment. So. It's definitely gonna be a good race either way. If if that can keep going and main remain undefeated at the five stars, would be a pretty good effort. But oh wait, like six dollars for Wade Rider boy, he might suck me in one more time. Like six dollars compared to a dollar ninety. J Mac Waller. Like the horse has been running good times, so I just can never find the front. And gate eight of how many horses in the race? There's fourteen with the scratching, so oh. Yeah, why not? We're, we're here for a good time, not a long time. We'll lock in number four, Wave Rider Boy. he will probably let me down again, but it's six dollars, I think that's. If he was two dollars or something, be like, nah, no way. But I think six dollars is a pretty fair price for a horse who has shown some talent, but just can't get the job done. So let's hope Saturday is that day. Did you, did you have anything else in that race you were looking at, or nah, pretty happy with Wave Rider?
0: Yep, I'm happy with that I, race. I do think Dancing Alone wins, but yeah.
1: Oh, I could actually set it to be a really good race. Like, if those two square off on the last 100 metres or so, there'll be a fair bit of Barracan and hurricane around that one. Race four is the Icon Services Benchmark 94 over 1,600 metres. Uh, don't really think there's much in this. Tazrail is undefeated of his prep. Uh, strong 13 of 15. I think the barrier is probably going to beat it. It's a good horse. Like, it's been running well and it's been winning it over the mile. It's the last two, last two starts and it sticks to the mile. But... I don't know about gate 13 or 15, especially. I think the rail's at four. So it's definitely not going to suit, like, it's not going to suit Wilder Barriers as much. Um, If you, if if I can't knock its form, like, you can't knock winning form and everything, but I think $3 from gate 13 is pretty. Pretty pretty short for me, so I definitely couldn't make that a tip or anything in, in agreeance.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm in agreeance with that as well, mate. You're all over it today. Race five is the Sydney City Alexis CTC Cup
1: over 2,400 metres. And it's pretty. It's, it's not a bad race, but these staying races and these horses, and they're just like a lot of them have – they haven't really been winning as often. Verona was a pretty good win last night like $20 or something, but I don't know if that was, it was just a fluke win or uh, what's going on. But like everything else in the race – Josier is in there who we were on the last up, uh, but is also um a joint favorite for the Wyong Gold Cup on the Friday. And I think throughout the whole meeting on Saturday, there's a lot of dual acceptances for this Wyong for this Wyong meeting. So I think the scratch is are gonna take a pretty big part of it. And I I tend to think that Hosier would go to the Wyong Gold Cup. I don't know if he's gonna go here. Um so I think this market's gonna change a fair bit. And for right now, I'm gonna stay pretty far out of it. Doesn't really interest me and We'll definitely put that one to the side burner, and we'll move on to race six, which is the first of our group races at Randwick. And number race six is the Daly Furious Stakes over twelve hundred meters, and it's a pretty good race. Like Kamochi, Tis Invincible, Autumn Ballet are all coming out. I think Platinum Jubilee and Mizarre. Like There's a lot of horses are coming out of the Silver Shadow Stakes the other weekend. Um, but the one in there again that I he was he was knocked out. He, he didn't get knocked out. He got scratched the other week. And he's back again, number eight cigar flick at nine dollars fifty a win, dollars two seventy a place is definitely a bet in my book. The race where he come fourth in last start, he had the best final two hundred to four hundred meter splits of that of the race, and he just he just got held up. He never really got clear at anything, uh, and he's, if if the, like the clock backed him up for the time he's been running, and he's drawn out now. He's only say he's drawn five. It's probably probably would have been better if drawn a bit wider, but. I like I love backing horses who who've been running good times and if he gets a clear crack at them, McAvoy stays in the saddle and compared to like three dollars for dollars four twenty for Tis Invincible, and six for Autumn Ballet. I reckon nine fifty a win and two seventy a place is definitely a good bet for Cigar Flick and the Furious Stakes.
0: Best bet of the day for Brophy. Oh, here we go. Number three, Tis Invincible. j Mac on it. I, like I Really it. like this horse. Four dollars twenty. It'll come into about two dollars ninety. I reckon. Uh, it's going to be a big horse for me. Twelve hundred meters will get the job done.
1: It was yeah, it was it was a good win first up, and I think the former around it's been pretty good. So four dollars twenty is a good price for a best bet of the day. Get that one nice and early in race. Seven. Not that early. <laughs> race, <laughs> race seven is the Southern Cross Group Concord Stakes over a thousand meters, and Jesus is a good race. Every horse in here is trying to get a Everest spot, and at number one, Nature Strip has already been backed into two sixty. Jeez, I don't know about that. I think like oh like he is. I think he definitely would have to be like if not my favorite horse of all time. And to see him going around at two sixty, like I want to back him. But geez, like his his recent form has just been trash. Like he's just oh, he's, he's 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 past his best day. But nothing would make me happier on Saturday than seeing him win that race. I probably would have to put like. on him or something, just in case. Like, you never know what's going to happen. But the horse in the race that I am interested in having a bet in is number five in secret. James Cummings has been wrapping this horse all autumn. And I reckon this is the best Godolphin horse going around at the moment. First up, over a thousand meters, like, won a new market. It's been, it's won a new market and a cool more last prep. Like, you can't really ask more of a horse. And you're getting $3.80 first up. Been trialing well. I really can't see. Anything, be- I can probably see Nature Strip beating it um, in my wet, in my wet dream. But like other than that, <laughs> I like yeah. I, I think In Secret should be winning the you know, three dollars eighty. I reckon that's not a bad bet either. Um, no, no jockey's been booked at the moment, so I wait and see on race day. But if if In Secret is definitely in the race, I In Secret is definitely my top rider, But Nature Strip will f- forever be there in my heart. Uh, race eight is the daily press challenge, but stakes over sixteen hundred meters. And I can't really think it over as a two twenty five favorite. Like it was pretty good first up in the wing stakes, but like two twenty five seems pretty short for me. Like it's been, it's been like had a big break and everything, but it's still going to come. It did run well after all that time off. So I'm not really too sure. I I just think that's too, too short, but I'm going with our main man, number 11 at J-Mac. Uh, Montefelia at four dollars sixty. He once again sectional star. I'm reading here. He had the races fastest last six hundred, four hundred, two hundred meters in that race. And again, four dollars sixty again. Barrier three. J Max should be able to get her into a pretty good spot. And yeah, four dollars in a twelve horse race. Four dollars sixty. Like she's got really good group form and everything coming through her. And if she's only got like natural improvement from that first up run, she should be pr- proving pretty hard to beat. And I think
0: $4.60 is a pretty good bet, in my opinion. Ruffy for me in this race, Ooh, number three, Knight's no, Order. I think it did win Patrick this. King. It, run, it won it last year yeah. on a heavy 10 track. So uh, at $21, if you don't mind, it's obviously a roughie for a reason. But these kind of races, I just feel anything any horse can sort of bob up, so why not? We'll, good? we'll go into the next race now, race <laughs> nine, mate. Give yourself a little breather there. Uh, I reckon I know what you're going to like here already. Uh, I'm just going to take a guess at it. I'm going to go number four. Achilles by Zach, Jack, Zach Lloyd-Riding. You're a good tip, mate. You're, yeah. You are a good punter. Um,
1: yeah, like, there's not really too much you can say. Like, to win, for, like, I, I'm surprised they've stuck to 1,400 metres. Like, yeah. if you go through his last prep, it's 2,000, 2,400, 2,000. I thought they would have at least bumped him up to, like, at least a 1,600 or something, but. James Cummings is James Cummings. And if, if he said not, like 1,400 metres is good
0: again. Get me a life jacket, mate. I'm in the same boat. Yeah.
1: $6.50 like six dollars is still a pretty good price. It'll um, drop. Yeah, it, it'll have to. But I am having a little two bets in this race. There's another horse that I don't mind. Is a very good fresh horse and one pretty well fresh last sight, which is number 12, hoping your heart. Yep. $9 each way, $9 a win, $2.80. It's the last win. It's first up win last prep was like one of the best i've ever seen 1400 meters six of the same weight i reckon it's a it's a really good 1400 meter horse and i reckon first up it would be ready to go and at nine dollars a win 280 a place. So I that's still a pretty good each way bet for me in a pretty open race and i think that like so the favorite in this one right now is alentia number 16 but she's also the favorite for the mona lisa stakes at wyong on friday so i don't know which way she's going to go like I, I just generally have no idea, so I think if you want to have an early bet in this, I probably wouldn't, because I would, I, I would suspect that she'd go to the Wyong race, maybe. I, I, I don't know, but it, it, I couldn't tell you to. Back anything in this because if she comes out of it, your dividends is like it's just going to get like deducted to hell. So James Cummings is going to have a massive day. Yeah, I've I've tipped a lot of James Cummings horses around the around the track for that day, but yeah, like he's stable right now are just like I, this could be like their biggest spring. Like they've Easy, got some yep. they've got some serious stars going around, and, and you're getting six dollars fifty for per, for Pericles in a group two. Like that just goes to show like like how, how competitive the racing is this time of year. Moving on to the final race at Randwick is the well, Gym Casserie benchmarked 78 over 1,200 metres.
0: Back him again, number 10, Peralee. Nash, Nash is riding at 6 bucks. won its last race. I'm telling you right now, James Cummings is going to have a bloody field day, and you know why that as well, because for the Southern Cross Group Concord the 1,000 metres, he has got three horses going against Nature Strip. So that's how... Confident of a day he's going to be having off here. I, I just think it's going to be one of those days. I I certainly hope so because my bank account will be looking pretty fucking healthy if he. Were you going on that? Or no, on I actually last? wasn't.
1: Oh. I I'm generally I was going to go number eight, Garza Blanca, because yep. second, like first up, it only got like the only thing to beat it. It was a bad ride. Just never got out, and the thing that beat it was Smashing Eagle, who has come out and just smashed the clock its last two starts. I really really like that form, and people are like, it's at two forty now, and. I don't think it's a bad bet. Like, I think two 4 I think Parade has been good, but I just think I, I, that smashing eagle form is just like, like you, I could, like, I definitely could steer you away from it. I, I think Jack's tipping it, so I would definitely put that'll be, that'll be going on the tipping sheet. But my tip personally would be Gaza Oh, I reckon that smashing eagle form is just too good to pass up. But yeah, $6 for Parade is still, still an outrageous bet. So if you want to have two bets in the race, they're your two to have a bet on. Uh, and that's about it for Ranwick So we'll have another quick break now and then we'll go to a – yeah, we'll have a quick break and then we'll come back with our tips for Menzies Stakes Day at Caulfield. Time for our Caulfield uh, preview. We'll start at the first race and that is uh, the MRC Foundation Caulfield Benchmark 70 uh, over 1600 metres. Uh pretty pretty even race. The favourites are five dollars, so it's not about betting race. I think there's thirteen horses in the race, but I think number five, a uh, Bo Rap who's going for four in a row, getting eight dollars a win right now and two dollars out of your place is an absolute good uh good each way bet for the day. So the last couple of wins have been in Sandown and Geelong. And the win at Sandown, I wasn't really that no, keen on it, it was in a benchmark sixty four, but like it like once it got to like the somewhat of the front, he just accelerated through the line. It was it was really strong pretty late, so Like winning forms, good form, three in a row, going for four in a row, $8 a win and $2.80 a place is a pretty good uh, bet in my book. Race two is the Changing Places RE Benchmark 78, and my Black Booker is back once again from Sydney. Sydney form, Mark Zara, Maranusis, number two, Chalton Lane, $4.50. yep, 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 yep. Yep. (laughs) I, yeah, like the, the the number fourteen down the bottom, Reinberg. His first two wins has probably been unreal, but he's drawn one. I don't I don't think barrier one is a good draw for him. If he would have drawn how many horses? The race seventeen. If he would have drawn eight to ten, it, probably, it would have been a harder decision. But yeah, geez, um, Chawton Lane gate three. It's probably better to get up there earlier than um, Reinberg and Mark Zara, like Maron Eustace. $4.50, like, has been winning these good races up in Sydney. And, yeah, they, like, that's I mean. These, those Sydney horses that come down here for these Victorian races in you know, a benchmark 78, like, they're rated right through the roof. So Sydney form is definitely best form at the moment. And he's in my black book for a reason. So have to have a number go at race two, number two, Charlton Lane. Race three is the Fierce Impact Benchmark 84, over 1,400 metres. And I actually got another bet here. Number nine, Yellow Samford. Dean Yendel and Lindsay Smith. Six dollars a win and two dollars a place. So in a ten horse race, like you're getting two dollars like two dollars a place for that in a ten horse race. So it still needs to only come top three and you've got a better chance of it. So it's it's the last couple of runs have been pretty good. It's career, it's only it hasn't missed a place in its entire career. Just kind of got out, like kind of got out sped last time around Caulfield. And that was behind VPN and Wade, right? a Boy, who, I'm given a pretty good chance for up in a Sydney race. So that form should stack up pretty good. Only going to carry 53 kilos here. $6 a win, $2 a place. That's a, looks like a pretty good bet in my book. And number four, B.R. Bay, who I was on last up, But he's also a, um, he's also a dual acceptor for, like, I think, in the Wurrung uh, race in the mona lisa actually so i think he might get scratched i reckon they'll end up going up there but yeah i think six dollars for Sam is a pretty safe bet to be honest and that was in race three so race four is the evergreen turf benchmark 78 over 2000 meters and a bit of a meh race to me like dylan's been 650 into 460 at the moment so it's had a bit of backing number 14 frigid is 460 at five uh it Ed- Ed- Strung, strung together a couple of good wins at Sandow, but one of them was disqualified because of wear and move pins, incorrect weight. Uh, so can't really take that much out of it. But like, it's it's the last win at Sandow was a pretty good win, and you're getting five dollars for that and four six for Dylan. But Senor Uno's in Thorin's in. There's some not bad horses in there, but I yeah, Senor Uno. Yeah. yes. Uh, but yeah, I just I couldn't really tip much with confidence in that race. So that's a bit of a pass race for me. Race 5 is the Ivy McNeil Stakes over 1,200 metres. And number 12, Legacies undefeated Jamie Carr, Peter Moody, and Catherine Coleman. Legacy is Peter Moody has said, behind, I wish I win. This is his best horse going into the spring. Major, major group one targets, and I don't really see her getting beaten here first up. $5.50 a win over 1,200 metres looks perfect. V8 is also a very exciting horse, but... Oh, I'm just saying the trust movie here. Barb, it's kind of the same thing. Blake Sheen and James Cummings, good jockey and combo pair. But, yeah, I've just got this feeling about Legacies. I think she's going to be really good this spring. And the former round has come up pretty well. I think Tula Krugs won a won a good race since. And, and a first up win at uh, and Autumn Angel, who come out and won last Wednesday at Sandown. So the former round has been really good. And Moody is really, besides I, yeah, besides I wish I win, this is like his best horse for the spring legacy so I'm definitely gonna be with her first up over twelve hundred meters in the McNeil. Uh have you had a quick look? Nothing really interests you or you got one?
0: He raced five, so yeah. uh barber for me.
1: Barber. Like I you. like it. Yeah, good form. Group one blue diamond form, but yeah, inevitably I think mean, it was pretty spooked for the blue diamond, but yeah, Little Bro's just run over the top of it in that. But I really don't really know what to make of Little Bro's uh first up run. Um it's been it's been here. It's 8.50 into seven and it's only it's only goes second up, last prep of one. So,
0: oh, no, Jimmy the bear.
1: Yeah, I oh, know. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about it, but oh, I'm going to no. have to race six to 12 and port a handicap over 1700 meters. And the bear is back. Six
0: dollars. It's, it's as a favorite.
1: Yeah, it's not sort a of bad, but like that's like it just shows you how hard these races are. If he's a six dollar favorite in a 1700 meter race, like good luck picking it. Like it probably will win. Thank God it's not in the Laquaddy because it would have broke my heart again. But
0: Number eighteen, flash flood for me. Yeah,
1: as I was pretty keen on it a couple of starts ago at Mooney Valley, and like it's been stringing, together some good wins and gets down the bottom weight. Carlene Heffel can't claim, um, but yeah, like it's it's under, it's one it's that's a core field of pretty good. One win for one win, one win over the distance for that track and distance. Um, yeah, like it looks a bit not bad bet, and ten dollars a win, three thirty a place. So not a, not a bad play, but Jimmy the Bears probably going to rock up and ruin the day for everyone once again. But yeah i think i'm going to steer pretty far away from that one and race seven is the turban brothers the cochran stakes over 1200 meters and best bet of the day race seven number seven benedetta good things come in sevens and i hope benedetta is saluting for us he'll be starting my bank he'll be growing jack's beanstalk for us and i reckon he'll be growing me a fucking bank account as well but yeah i think two dollars 90 is a bloody good fair enough price there's some there's some pretty good horses around you. Like Perizio won that good race up in Sydney last start. And like it could have come back to bite me that the Sydney form is just going to be too good. But he's drawn 11. has drawn nine. has never missed a placing in its life. And it's first up run, had to carry a fair bit of weight. Um, I carry 57 with uh, Tatum Bull's claim. But yeah, geez, it was dominant first up. And. Only better, setting up, only, only better second up, up up in distance, so I can't really see that losing. $2.90, I think that's a pretty good price. And if you're an early punter, I think that's definitely one to take right now, number seven, uh, Benedetta in the Cockrum. Agreed. Race eight is the McCafe Stakes over 1,100 metres. And when I seen the prices this morning, I had disbelief in my eyes because number 12 saw I was $18 when the markets went up. And it's into $16 already, and I'm just – blown away by that price. I generally thought it might have been second or third favourite. Right. And they put up $18. I didn't bet on it because I was like, oh, mate, I, like maybe if it, if I'm wrong, it might drift. But it's been backed into $16 already. But, yeah, G side, so like you, faultless last prep. but had a really good win in a group three uh, down here at Caulfield last start. And you're getting $16 a win in 440 a place. Like it's a pretty good race as four has Got really good group one form. It was, it was the favourite for the Oakley Plate uh last start, Marks Russiaters in this who had that really good win in this race a couple of years ago. Bella Nippetina is a dual acceptor. Um, I don't think Kalos and Ingratiating are either, but like they're all some really good Sydney horses who were down here. But I just like it's a re- it's a really, really tough race. Ingratiating's also at sixteen dollars. So it's maybe Blake Sheen and James Cummings again. But yeah, I just can't get up. Like going for four in a row, sixteen dollars win four forty a place. So I think I, I think the bookmakers are gonna end up with egg on their face with that. I, I think that's a pretty rude price. So number 12, each way at $16 and $4.40 in the McCafe stakes. Uh, race nine is the main race of the day. The Memsey stakes over 1,400 meters, and this is one of the best Memsey fields I have seen in a very long time. i was just going to quickly go through this because I actually want to. don't mind talking about this. Number one is Mr. Brightside at $4.20. Number two, I Wish I Win is at $3.70. Number three, Alligator Blood is at five dollars. Nonconformist is at seventy-one dollars. Number five, Aegon is at thirty-four. The inevitable is at twenty-seven dollars. Number seven, Western Empire is at two hundred and one dollars. Number eight, Bandersnatch is at 101. Number nine, Duke Decessa is at twenty-three. Number ten, Osipenko is at nine fifty. Number eleven, Bank Moore is at eighty-one. Number twelve Amenable has been pretty well backed forty-one number twenty-six dollars at the moment. Number 13, Princess Grace is at $10. Number 14, Ana Visto is at $13. And Steinem is at $61. And on paper, it looks to be like one of the best Mendes I've ever seen in my life. Like the the top three in the market are like our top wafer-age horses and you get them going toe-to-toe. Like they've all got to carry a fair bit of weight here. But those three are probably like our top three rated horses besides besides Giga Kick and our Sprinters. Our middle-distance horses, these are definitely our, like, nearly our top three wafer-age horses, and they're iron-off, and they're all around the same price. Like, I just, like, I wish I win for me. It was definitely my horse to watch out for the spring. And I I said you've got to back it first up, but I've just, I'm so baffled that Moody is sending him straight into 1,400 metres first up and coming back to a 1,200-metre Everest. Like, if it was anything besides this race, I probably could have backed it. But I think three seventy first up over fourteen hundred meters is just, I don't, like, I just don't think it's a good bet. Like just, it's it it is the best horse in Australia, and it should like. And if it wins this race first up in fourteen hundred meters, it is just going to get like it, it. It'll be like a three dollar favorite for the Everest. Like if if it manages, Whoa. if if it wins this race, it's literally one of our best horses of all time. Like it is like to be able to win this fourteen hundred meters first up. And then be sent 1,200 metres second up to whenever, it just shows you how good Peter Moody is. So, But it definitely can't take my money. Mr. Brightside's drawn 15. I wanted to make that my bet in the race, but I think from barrier 15, and I reckon it's going to be a pretty, pretty fierce speed up the front, so I don't know where it's going to get to from 15. Number three, Alligator Blood for Timmy Clark and Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott uh, has drawn 14. So he'll lead. He'll kick around there from 14. So Mr. Brightside might get a good trail in behind him and get a good cart in the race, but he's still going to be caught wide. Like, maybe he might get caught two or three wide with cover maybe. Like, I just don't really know how the race is going to set up. And Aegon was really good. At, uh, he, he was behind Mr. Brightside in that race, and he had pretty good sectionals in that race. The Inevitable has um, – he has – the all-star mile form behind Mister Brightside as well, and Cascadian, who have since come out and won like both Group Ones since. Number ten Osepanko is one of the highlight runs in the um, wing stakes a couple of weeks ago behind Fangirl, and you get nine fifty for that. Amenable has been absolutely crunched into twenty six dollars, and that was off the back of a pretty good win first up over four hundred meters, but that was in a benchmark eighty four. It, it was spooked around to be like a really good Caulfield, Guine- Caulfield Guinea's horse, like, but that was just like. Group one like restricted to its age limit and had everything going for it. But people were pretty keen to back it. Jamie Carr, Mick Price, and Michael Ken Jr. So it's had some backing, but I just don't like it. This is its toughest test to date. It's still got to carry pretty much similar weight to them. And I think the horses are just at a different caliber of level. Like, I think that is too good. Number 13, Princess Grace. For Blake Shin and Chris Wallace at $10 a win and $3 a place in is four from four second up undefeated. And nearly knocked off Fangirl first up in the Wing Stag, so that form looks pretty irresistible to me. Uh, number fourteen, Anavisto, who's actually owned by a fair bit of the Essendon boys, I think. Yes, it's, it's very well owned by a couple of Essendon boys, and it's a really good fresh horse. Like a couple win first up last prep was it was in the um, spring, it was in the Autumn Carnival at. Is it Tom Bell Chambers
0: and a couple of other? People? Yeah, I, I think. think it is? Yeah. yeah,
1: there's. It's like mainly. I think Joe Watson. Joe Botson's. Yeah, a, yeah. There's a lot of Ascot and boys winner, and it's actually like a like they've done well. They've picked up a pretty good horse for a steal, and it's a really good fresh horse. And if it's an, if it was any time, it's going to win another group. I don't know if it is a Group One winner as of right now, but it's a very good fresh horse. So this is definitely like they've they've, they've placed it very well, and it looks a pretty good bet. And Steinem is a very good horse who's been run over behind Amelia's Jewel and Co. Over in uh, WA for its last couple of races last up, but from a betting perspective, for me, I will like I'm more than happy to let Irish win go around and end up with egg on my face. If it, if it wins, it's one of our best horses of all time. But betting wise, I'm going with Sydney form once again, and I'm taking number ten Osipenko, Mark Mark Zara, and Chris Waller each way at nine fifty and two dollars ninety, and number thirteen Princess Grace at ten dollars a win and three dollars each way. Princess Grace is undefeated, second up, four from four. It, it nearly knocked off Fangil first up in that first up run, and I'd never really heard of this before. So if it sticks to 1,400 metres, Waller and Blake, Blake shin, like can't get much better in Australian racing at the moment. You're getting $10 a win from that. And same with Osipenko. It was, it was like for the horses that were off the speed in that race, he was definitely the one who had the best sectionals and got the best run, and he looks only being able to improve off that. And they all stick to 1,400 metres and – just from a betting perspective, I can like I'd rather take them at nine fifty each way and ten dollars each way than three seventy for I wish I win a win and four dollars twenty for Mister Brightside to win. So I'm more than happy to end up with egg on my face and watch I wish I win win that. Um, but yeah, definitely betting perspective. I'm going to stick to number ten Osapanko, and number thirteen Princess Grace. And we're moving on to the final race. Of the day which is the Ned Super Saturday benchmark 100 over 1400 meters and I didn't really have anything here like there's a couple of good horses that devoted had a pretty good uh, run first up behind Amenable who's going around in the group one has been pretty well backed but like other than that there's just nothing that like Regards Marie had a good win like not a good win but a good run last start at Mooney Valley where it come back and made up some ground late but
0: Just shocks my ruffy in that, but really, there's not much else to touch. Yeah,
1: like 15 bucks for yeah Stackhouse and the the Hayes boys looks a pretty good price. So, drawn 15 of 16, so that's probably it. Um, But yeah, that looks about it. Uh, Couldn't really tip too much with confidence in that race, so I think that'll be about it for our Caulfield preview. hopefully we're back once again and hopefully the beanstalk yes, <laughs> has, has elevated the level uh thanks once again
0: ceo for having us on for this uh weekly podcast mate. i said it's getting better and better every week and the viewers are saying so as well or listeners i should say um it's going up heaps so everyone that is listening if you knew let someone else know because this bloke is dominating at the moment and in terms of dominating i would mean just delivering it as well like obviously we're not going to win every race like we've said Previously, before gamble response, have a bit of fun. That's what it is. But you're smashing it, mate. Yeah,
1: that's what we're here for. We're not here to declare ourselves the best tips of all time. We're just here to just. I, I could talk about racing all day. I fucking love it. Doesn't yeah. matter where I am or who I'm talking to. I could just chat you off about it. So I may as well throw me unwarranted opinions out there and hopefully, if, if you know, if you throw enough shit at a wall, it's, something's bound to stick. Exactly so.
0: right. <laughs> Even a broken clock's wrong twice a day, <laughs> mate. Uh,
1: that's right. Uh, but yeah, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll catch you all back next week.
0: Thanks, guys. We'll